Welcome to another episode of It's a Long Road, the Ramble series podcast. I am your host, Ryan, and with me today we have another special guest co-host of today's episode. For those who are joining, we uh, always have a rotating guest co-host on the show with me because I like to collaborate and uh, have different voices with me on each episode. And today we have Seiko. Now let me get let me get this right, Seiko, from the couple podcasts that you run. You run a podcast called Hugging a Cactus, the Mel Gibson podcast. Obviously, exactly. Mel Gibson films. And then we All have right. the Arnold podcast, which delves into the uh, franchises, or sorry, the films of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And then you also do a variety of different films on the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network on the on the respective title, Last of the Action mm-hmm. Heroes podcast, with other guest sure. co-hosts from the network. What else do you do? Well, we've got a new show coming up. A very exciting new show. One of the reasons I've done all these like one-offs, aside from the fact that I just wanted to work with uh, you know all the guys on the network because they're so much so much fun, is because I like the action genre, but I like movies more. Sure. And so the next show I'm going to be producing will be called Game Changers, mm. and it's going to be called Game Changers because we are going to be looking at action movies that actually changed the game that actually improved action movies and you can say well you know there's first blood or you could say whatever so that's the idea behind Hmm. the whole thing and the the inaugural episode uh is going to be about gi jane oh wow because back in the day we all thought that was going to launch the female rambo Mm. right that's the, the name says it. You figure G.I. Jane, that's a right. franchise right there. So the, the first episode is going to be looking into that. What did they really intend with this movie? What was the ambition? Uh, because this was a major tentpole movie. Okay. So that's uh, a very interesting discussion. Yeah, good tease. I look forward to hearing it. I've listened to all your shows, of course. You are part of the last of the Action Heroes podcast network. And there are people that listen to the show that might not mm-hmm. know that the Ramble or It's a Long Road, the Ramble Series podcast, is part of the last of the Action Heroes podcast network, which has a variety of different podcasts on the network that delve into what Sika was saying, different action stars like Bruce Willis, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mel Gibson, of course, Stallone. Dolph Lundgren, of course. Dolph Lundgren, James yes, sorry. Bond. James Bond, there you go. I put the network together for this very reason because I, I think it's fun to have kind of like one channel on your podcast feed where you don't have to keep worrying about downloading from you know seven different you know how you're on your podcast you'll have seven different mm-hmm. you get to have one feed that just keeps dumping you uh quality and amazing podcast so uh that being said i'm really excited to have you on sequel this is the first time that you've been on the ramble podcast however you and i on that said network is why i brought it up too was that you and i have podcasted together already so this is we not podcast our podcast all the time well i don't know if all the times the right word but we've done we've done a, a few shows we did um we did Maverick, which has yet to be released on the network, which I'm looking forward to. Not Top Gun Maverick, the real Maverick, Mel, Mel Gibson's real Maverick. Maverick. Yeah, Mel Gibson's Maverick. That's right. And we did Mad Max, and yes. we did Ma- one uh, and two. We did Mad Max one and two. Which one was the, and two, which was the inaugural yeah. episode of the uh, Mel Gibson podcast. Precisely, yeah. the popping of my cherry. Wow. And we were soldiers. Right. We did yeah. that one. Yeah. And, and Southern we Comfort. Did Southern Comfort. Yes. Yeah. That was okay. a good one. Yeah. So I think that's what I think it's everything. We did a bunch. Oh, yeah. We've done, maybe, maybe we've done a little bit more. But yeah, check it out. Uh, those are some of the films that we're talking about. Those are the different flavors you get on the network, which I like as well. You have stuff from 
Mel Gibson's Maverick to uh, Powers Booth's Selvin Comfort. So I think it's I think it's a great network. Okay. So, well, as we do, and as you know, because you do listen to the show, so I appreciate your support so you go listen to the show. So I don't have to guide you too much. You know how we do it, the shtick of the mm-hmm. Ramble podcast. So we'll start yep. with first, what is, if any, now let me just preface this. Don't just be nice, okay? Be nice when applicable. I'm However, always nice, okay. Ryan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As okay. I slide the knife in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to be honest, but remember, sure. this is a fan podcast of the Ramble franchise. However, don't placate the audience. Always be honest because we know we're dealing with Ramble 3 and we're going to have some fun with it, of course. But that being said, That's what right. is your fandom regarding overall the Ramble franchise? Mm-hmm. Like Just overall, what's your general feelings or fandom? Uh, of, of the- overall, I, th- I think First Blood is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. I think it's Stallone's best film by far. You tend to equate the Rocky character with Stallone himself because he, he wrote it. And right. there's such a significant part of his persona wrapped up into Rocky. But First Blood is something outside of his wheelhouse because he was never in the military he's not traumatized by war he was never in a survival situation this is actual acting he does so i really enjoyed the rambo character i think david morell wrote an exceptional novel i love absolutely love first blood i was at the impressionable age when the rambos were at their uh, forefront which is like you know first blood first blood two rambo three Specifically Rambo 3, I think it's the movie I looked forward to the most in my life. I had like the poster, because uh, the posters came out first before the movie yes, came out. And I, it was I, like, we're about the same age, so I remember those movie right? posters, how exciting the movie posters were. Absolutely, yeah. I had the one with the horse, nice. where he's grabbing the uh, sheepskin to play that game. And I had it, it was uh, right across from my bed, and it was huge, because I'm a big horseman. I'm, okay. I love horses. And Stallone is a great equestrian, so mm-hmm. I had high expectations, and that's actually one of the scenes that that you know that's really really well done in this okay. film. It's uh, this is an ex- exceptional professional movie. It looks great. Well, Whether I enjoy it is another thing. Fair enough. Okay. Well, well, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. Did you did you enjoy it when it came out? I mean, you're a little bit younger back in the day. Of course, in 1988, I assume you're younger than you are in 2023. Did you? enjoy ramble 3 when you saw it was an enjoyable experience or did you truly leave the theater experience just angry at the franchise i'm not trying to lead the witness sir but i'm just curious what your feelings were at the time no i i wasn't angry i was confused in the same way i was confused when i left the phantom menace (laughs) sure you know you watched star wars the original trilogy and then the prequels came out and you'd watch the phantom menace and after leaving the phantom menace you'd think well that was a great star wars movie i guess uh it's just not what i was expecting it's off there's something off here and that's something that strikes me about rambo 3 it's not consistent with first blood it's certainly not consistent with first blood part 2 it's its own movie which is fine it's a good action movie i think that's where the film it makes no sense to me after First Blood, in some ways, I mean that's a mm. great, great point. Uh, I think unlike the Rocky franchise, where there, I want to say there has to be there, there almost should be, and that's why people maybe didn't like Rocky Five as much as say three and four, is because you start to get into a bit of a mode, and when that mode changes, people get upset or they get jarred. 
between the Rambo 3 is sort of the Rambo 5 of the Rambo franchise. And when people mm-hmm. watch Rambo 3, they get jarred a little bit. Like, I wasn't, this has got nothing like the other ones, maybe to a degree. But as I'm rewatching Rambo 3, this, I'm enjoying it more than I, maybe more than it deserves. Maybe as I get older too, I get a little bit softer. I think younger Ryan, what might have been more critical of this film, I allow films now mm-hmm. to be to be fun to have a good time so is this first mm-hmm. blood well of course not i mean we get i agree everything you said about sly and first blood i agree with i and i never actually thought of it that way regarding that he's truly just acting because he's obviously not any of those things that the ramble character is thus that is acting mm-hmm. finding he's making choices that's right he's, he's finding things within himself to be not stallone to be rambo and you're not alone where a lot of people say first blood is an oscar worthy type performance absolutely it's disgraceful that that film didn't get more recognition and more critical acclaim and more awards. It was fantastic. And everybody knew it at the time. Everybody knew what a incredible, power-packed, frenetic movie this was. They just purposely ignored it. And Rocky and Rambo franchises are very similar, of course, again, with Sly's life as well, where he gets more big and bloated, so to speak, and his ego, sort of the films. And that's also the sign of the 80s, his age. You know, Rocky and First Blood were Oscar-worthy films. And as the franchises continue, they're moneymakers, and it's a business. And they're doing well at the box office, and they're fun to watch. Sure. But, of course, they never relive the... No Rocky film was going to be the first Rocky, and uh, no Rambo film was going to be First Blood. So, but that being said, what are your feelings today of Rambo 3? Are you more forgiving, or are you... I would say more angry is not the right word. I'm not using that because it's Seiko. I'm just saying, or are you more vitriol? <laughs> I, I don't mean angry, because I know you're not um, an angry person, but are you more critical no. of the film, or are you more forgiving of the film as time goes on, as you go on? I'm sort of the same, okay. in the sense that I appreciate this is Peak Stallone in the greatest shape of his life, mm. in a pivotal moment in his career. Is this the biggest is, he's ever is, been? Like, as far as thickness? Because I noticed he's bigger in Ramble 3 than he even was. He's, oh, he was cut in Ramble yeah. 2, but in he's, this he's film... In he's in absolutely fantastic shape. I okay. mean, he worked with Franco Colombo again, and he was he was really powerful. And don't forget, this was fueled by the divorce. I mean, when you're in divorce, mm. you you work out to you know, deal with your issues. He carried a lot of anger and resentment and annoyance. And you can tell that he sort of carried that into this movie. Okay, good insight. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass because you don't need that. Seiko does not need an ego boost. If anything, you need an ego check. I, I'm married. I have a wife who does that. No, I'm about to ask worry. you a question because I, I, I trust your knowledge. You're pretty knowledgeable guys what I'm getting at. But without getting too, because I also know you like to get really deep with history. So don't, the Rambo fans aren't smart like, like you, okay, Seiko? So you got to be easy with us. But what is your knowledge of the Afghan-Russian conflict at this time? What So what was going on during the timing of this film when it was made? What was the message Sly was trying to give? And what was the actual conflict going on? Yeah, one of the reasons this movie didn't do what they wanted it to do is because at that point the Russians were already retreating. They were oh. they were already on their way out. There's like this. There's a, an incredibly well-made Russian movie called Ninth Company that I recommend everybody watch mm. because it's it's really about a battalion holding on on a hill, and uh, it's a lot like the current movie that's out called The Outpost. It's a, okay. it's almost the same basically a battalion fighting to the death to stay alive uh it really shows like what day-to-day life for the average average russian soldier was it, i mean oh. in essence afghanistan was the vietnam of the russian army the soviets tried to occupy it had they gotten their quote-unquote way 
what was their well, goal? Well, for the same reasons that uh, NATO occupied it, to get their hands on resources. Is it always? A, is that all it was? Was the resources of the land? Of course it is, and you know, sphere of influence, and you know, the usual. It's same. The war is always about about pretty much about the same things. Now, the Taliban as an organization, were the Taliban around? At this time? Yes. As, as, okay. Yes, not but, as the Taliban. What was the change in their doctrine or behavior? Why did they become... Nothing. Oh. They've been the same since the Middle Ages. What did the U.S. do or anything about this conflict? What was our interest? Did we want a winner? In Afghanistan at that point, yeah. in the 80s, they were financing the uh, Mujahideen, which is the rebel group that was fighting against the Russians, basically the insurrection. And... They were basically financing the tribes that have been around forever because the British fought them. Even the Greeks in the, in, in the antique era fought them. It's okay. the same people. Okay. It's really the same people. They've no. been at war with anybody who would fight them throughout their history. Okay. So that's why they're a tough opponent. Yes. Much mm -hmm. like Vietnam. They've right. they'd been at war with it. They're scrappy. Well, Troutman in the previous scenes, if you remember, Troutman says to the Russian officer, you know, we had our Vietnam. Troutman mm -hmm. does make that comparison that this is their Vietnam. So the comparison is actually yes, made in the is. film. Yes, it is. And that's one of the things that I think Stallone purposely interjected because he wanted to put Rambo in the, in the corner of the Viet Cong because the Mujahideen are the Viet Cong of the situation, okay. right? They don't have tanks. They don't have helicopters. They don't have artillery. They, they, they don't have air power. They just have horses. 9-11, was that the Taliban? Was that an attack um, by the Taliban officially? Uh, officially, that was Al-Qaeda. The guy who perpetrated that, masterminded that, was rumored to be hiding in Afghanistan, supported by the Taliban. Okay, so which, of course, was okay. a lie. Okay, well, yeah, we won't get into that. Okay. He was never in Afghanistan, but they said he's in the caves. That's that right. was what the intel told them. But everything sure. uh, in 2002... That came out of that administration was a blatant lie. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That's what I figured. Okay. All right. So, because I always make the joke on the podcast, which is just a silly joke, you know, that Rocky stopped the Cold War and Rocky Four and Rambo. And, he did. He did. He won and, the Cold War. And then Rambo uh, helped the Taliban. I could change, and you can change, and everybody can change. It's probably the worst part of the film that that speech. Okay. Ugh. It is, it is. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. Okay. So great. That's great. I appreciate the insight. I'm sure I'm not the only person who listens to this podcast who maybe not quite knew the conflict was going on and the real world timing. So you're saying the Russians were losing at this time in in real time. So when the film was released, it's kind of they like, were having their asses handed to them. Oh, I see. So the message in the film was kind of like, okay, well, the Russians aren't yes, that tough. Did, what they're showing in uh, the movie. That would have been like maybe 1983, 1984, mm. when they were at their peak with all their tank divisions, when all their helicopters were still around. And it, it wasn't like that in 1988 okay. anymore. I mean, the Brezhnev regime was over. And, uh, mm. Andropov had, had basically taken over the Soviet Union at that point. They were economically in the dumps and they couldn't finance that war anymore. I never knew the timeline of that. So, okay, fair enough. So this is just an alternate universe. So we just can pretend... This is an alternate universe where Russia isn't sure. where they were and in the real you world. You should look at Rambo and the franchise as an alternate universe sure. anyway. There because First Blood does not connect well to First Blood Part 2. I'm sure you yeah. I mean, oh, you yeah. covered that in the last season. It's, it's two different, completely different Rambos, really. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Just like the, the Rambo in we see in Vietnam in First Blood 2 is different from the Rambo we now see. And it's yeah. not because he had a growth as a person, but because he went, underwent a major character change. Got a haircut. The haircut. Well, yeah. Him. The hair, you know, Rambo Part 5 would have been more loved by fans if you had longer hair. I'm telling you right now. Okay. That must have been it. I think it's the hair. I think it's all it is. Okay, so great, okay. great insight, great background. So we're going to roll right into it. The last scene that we had was we're now back at the Russian base, and the officer is about to look in on Troutman in prison. You mentioned, I think you did mention that this is a well-filmed film. Like, just a sequence there of, of the Russian officer looking through the, I guess, the little window into the prison cell that Troutman's in, and Troutman's got his back to to the door, and it's, it's the way the natural light comes into the cell, and and him smoking the cigarette outside the door. Just all that mm-hmm. that quick little scene there, just it looks like a really well-filmed mm-hmm. film. That little sequence, and again, if you're not watching this show on YouTube, I recommend it, or at least even going back and seeing some of the scenes that we're talking about on YouTube, because you get to see what it is we're talking about. A little bit better, of course, but if you know the film very well, then I guess you can see it in your mind or your theater of the mind, so to speak. But yeah, I just like this film is actually filmed well. It does look nice. There's it's the budget's high, we know that, and it doesn't look bad, which actually helps a film too when it just looks good. Yeah, but the cinematography is cinematography, yeah, incredible. It's so well done. I'm so happy I saw this originally in the theaters. I did too, by the way. Looked- it looked fantastic. I was 13 when this film came out. So I was at mm. that perfect, you know, that young teenager age, action film age. Uh, I loved the film when it came out. I remember loving this film. Uh, I was at that perfect, not quite old enough to care about, care is the right word, or be wrapped up in continuity of character development. Or To me, it was an action film with a ramble character, and I just loved it. Uh, as a 13-year-old boy... It was so the first impression I had, I guess, in many ways, just stuck with me through the years. Even though I've heard critics, you know, and fans like kind of berate this film, because when the fourth Ramble film came out, a lot mm-hmm. of people were like, "Oh, it's back! We're back! Ramble's back!" And I'm like, "I guess," but I never thought Ramble went away. I did, I guess I always thought this was a great action film, and Ramble does a lot of killing in this film too. And I don't know. I agree. Yeah, I watched First Blood two seven times in the movies. Oh, wow. Okay. Seven times. I was too young when that came up. I watched this one once in the movies. That's it. So mm-hmm. I was 12 when First Blood 2 came out. Right. So there you go. So when this came out, how old were you? 15. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're only a couple of years older, but still 13 to 15 is in teenage years is like 20 years yeah. and out years. Yeah. So we got some four jets flying over to indicate, you know, it just, it just, they keep showing just how busy the military activity is in the area. You got these jets flying over and just. Yes, French Mirages instead of Israeli Air Force. This is the Israeli Air Force. It flies, amongst other things, with Mirage. They sort of look like mix. Look at this guy coming in. Coming in hot with no notes, nothing. He just... Boy, Seiko, you should do a podcast. Good eye. To the north there are many caves. We will travel through them. It will be safer. We go. I just love how his guide, Ramble's guide, and I forget his name. I apologize. I always forget it's like Husan or Mufasa or let me just get it real. Oh, quick. you mean the actor? No, not the actor. Just the character. Oh, I you keep, mean the character? Yeah, because I keep calling him Husan or something. Musa. Musa. Mas, no, Masood. Masood is the leader of the the Mujahideen. Oh, that's right. Musa Ghani is his guide. 
Oh, Musa. Sorry, Musa. Sorry, my oh, bad. Musa Ghani. Sorry, there's Musa and Masood. <laughs> I do apologize. There's okay. a minor difference. Yes, there is a little bit of difference. It's like Ryan and Brian. Okay, so yeah, Musa. Okay, played by Sassan Gabay. He's Israeli a actor. I see him in a ton of stuff. Okay, great. And mm -hmm. I said it in the last episode where I think my memory of him was I didn't like the character. I think that's the 13-year-old Ryan speaking. And now that I'm older, of course... I'm like, oh, you know what? He's actually doing a great job as the side character, as the guide. I think he's acting it very well. He's where a foil. He's a great foil. He doesn't take Rambo seriously. Well, he does, and but he's he didn't at first, and he starts to see slowly, okay, this guy's business, and maybe he's as good as he says he is, but he's skeptical. Maybe you should face. just think about this all over again. <laughs> yeah. Well, because this is his land. These are his people. He recognizes, right. you know, he's very aware of the dangers of, of the world around him. Let me just say right now, I'm just looking at IMDb when I looked up the uh, character's name. Metascore, 36%. That's ridiculous. That's There's no way this film is a 36 out of 100 film. Like, uh, Don't look up these statistics. They make no sense. They never do. You should always rate films within the genre and what their goal is. If you're watching Ramble 3, you're watching an action film. And did you have fun? There's no way that 36% of the audience left this, or you could say, sorry, 64% of the audience left this film going... That was a horrible film. I, I hate it every minute. Okay. So what I love, too, is Musa says to Rambo, John, let's take the caves safer through the caves. It reminded me of the Lord of the Rings. Remember? They were traveling. and they had. I, I was thinking the exact okay. same thing. All right. <laughs> they go through the mines of Moria. So here we are. Rambo and Musa are in the mines of Moria. Now now you're talking about the set. Is that a set piece or is that a cave? Like, no. That? That's an actual cave. Okay. I was going to say. That's natural light. That's why I'm saying this is this is so well shot and these locations are so beautiful. It's amazing. And here's the thing: they shot this in Israel, and it's supposed to look like Afghanistan because at that point, you know, Afghanistan was really mythical to us. Yeah, it does look great here. So we got the horses in the, in these caves, and I, I gotta imagine these caves, though they're natural, there's no way they're long and big enough to take the horses and yes they oh, have they okay. sent in the 10th mountain division specifically to go into those caves mm. one of my regrets that i could never visit afghanistan i would have in the 90s i couldn't get across the border because even then it was troublesome i went to pakistan though i did step foot in afghanistan but i couldn't get a guide and it was just too oh, cumbersome yeah. and problematic and expensive and there was no, no way to get out because i couldn't fly out of uh, kabul to go home, I had to go back to Pakistan, so there was no choice. I really would have loved to have traveled Afghanistan. This cave leads us to the Valley of Five Lions. In ancient days, the Afghan king was asked to send 500 of his warriors into battle. He sent only five. His greatest five, and they won. He said it's better to send five lions than 500 sheep. What do you think of this? I think the king was lucky. Lucky, huh? <laughs> How much longer to the village? Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah, they just started. <laughs> like, they're 20 feet in the cave. How much further do we have to go? I have to keep listening to your stories of your people. But, you know, the, earlier we got the prayer story, right? We love that, you know, the, the prayer. And then we get more of this, uh, more accounts here, the five lions instead of 500 sheep. Now, look, to be fair. It is a great story, but to be fair, you got 500 sheep charging at you down the hill. You're going to get trampled pretty good. 500 is a lot of a lot of meat charging. Depends down. on how armed those five guys are, though. And he also says he sent the king sent five soldiers and they won the war. 
but yeah, but what was it one village of ten people? <laughs> We'd never get the numbers of the enemy, you know. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, he's a hustler, so he's probably full of shit anyway. Okay, so Musa, I know it's a great story, and it's probably a real story. If uh, a better podcast would have Googled this story, before. had I known this scene would have been covered, I would have. Had I known that I'm doing this movie, I would be better prepared, you know. About two hours. Right. So we got two hours to go. Okay. Again, another shot of this base. So I asked the question in a previous episode, did the Russians build this base or was this no. structure here already? No, of course they didn't. And the British probably occupied it before them. The British Empire was in Afghanistan and they fought a war with these same people. Let's go back and look at that shot and we'll pause it when it goes About over two there. Hours. Now watch this shot here. Yeah, we get a good right here. I guess it's fairly big, but I love how they just... Of course, it's a movie, but they've just packed the space full of activity. There's just a look at it. You got three vehicles coming into the base. You've got more parked under some canopies. You've got some tents out to the right there. You got the helicopter flying over top. It just shows you the bustling of activity. Though you know this is like mm. peak wartime, right? This base is packed with people, vehicles, and it actually it's almost overpacked. There's no way this base facilitates all of the stuff. Forward staging area, huh? Yeah, it's just it's too much going on here. There's no fuel station here. So they, where did they get their fuel from? I wonder. Maybe it's underground. Mm. <laughs> where in my sector are the missiles being delivered? I don't know. Again, we talked about this. Where this Russian? You mean the actual Russian? What what, what uh, the name of the character? It was Zeisen. Or do you mean the actor? Zeisen was the name of the officer. Zeisen. Yeah, Colonel Zeisen, Colonel which Zeisen. Is, doesn't sound very Russian. Oddly. Played by the late great Mark de Jonge. What was he in? Uh, he was in a ton of stuff, but mostly European. Sure, fair enough. He's a, he's French, and oh, he had a Russian wife that gave him the ability to at least sound Russian. Yeah, he sounds so great. That he sounds him, great in this he's, film. He's more believable than any Russian actors. Oh, okay. In the sense that in than any of the actors you see in movies where you fight the Russians, because so you can actually speak Russian. Most most actors can't. Colonel Potovsky certainly can speak Russian. Right. That's right. Right. No, he he hams up just nicely. He sounds Russian. He's the bad guy. Uh, but he feels menacing and and but not but quite. On the other hand, James he, Bond. He's like a James Bond villain. Like it's just it's sure. just hammy enough to be the villain, but it's not too over the top. Mm-hmm. He keeps telling or asking Troutman. Now, Troutman do, actually is telling the truth. Minus, there is no missiles. That was not the purpose of this mission. The, 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 him getting caught has nothing to do with Americans transferring missiles in the area. So, Troutman is telling the truth. There is no missiles. But this uh, Zeisen character is set on getting this information out of Troutman. Why is Zeisen so set on the okay. missiles? He's part of the Soviet regime. And they expect results. They expect the results they want to hear. The KGB has probably told them, look, there's arms dealing taking place. Those those missiles are coming in in your sector. You better produce something or else. And if he doesn't produce, then he loses his command, gets sent to a gulag. His family is sent to a gulag. Uh, they all disappear. They lose their standing. It Life is over. Okay. So it doesn't really matter what reality has to do with the situation. He had, just has to produce something to placate his superiors. Because that was what... Russia was all about. They weren't about reality. They were about enforcing their own reality on the situation. That makes sense because he's dead set on getting this missile information out of Trump. Yeah. And Long so story said, short, communism is stupid. Oh. 
How dare you? <laughs> You're a liar. Where? The great Randy Rainey. So now, Seagull's Famous. speaking about the big Russian dude that we, uh, our previous co-host. Famous uh, power lifter. Okay, so yeah, so Sean uh, from the uh, A&B show, who uh, guest hosted on the last uh, podcast episode, mm -hmm. he got a real chuckle out of this big guy. So who is he? That's Randy Rainey. Well, he's a famous powerlifter and well, he's a big man. boy. He's a big boy. He was a famous competitive powerlifter. He's also in the Running Man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. You see, that's the guy who lifts the bike. Have you covered yeah. that yet on the Arnold podcast with Doug? We are. We are going to next yeah. uh, coming season. Yeah, based on the great Stephen King short story. Yes, I'm hoping to get Craig for that. Well, you he's should. He's a movie movie book kind of guy. So yeah, he loves to compare the, the books with the uh, with the films. This uh, Randy Rainey playing the big Russian dude. His name is. Kurov, that's a good Russian-sounding name. So now he's lifting Trout. We should say for our listeners, of course. So Troutman's, of course, being interrogated and tortured. He's hanging. So they're hanging Troutman now with his arms. They're pulling. They're on a pulley system. They're pulling him up in the air with the gravity, pulling his body down as his body gets pulled up by his sockets. And that's a pretty good little stunt work there by Richard Crenna. That's him being lifted up there for a second. That's actually him. Let's just. So he here. has like a safety that's harness to stop his sockets from being pulled out. But yeah, that is his face. There's no CGI face placement back in 88, so let's look. Yeah, but he has a nice safety harness on, and he's just hanging there suspended, because there's no way he's going to be doing that for 30 takes. No, not well, not 30. Maybe it's just the one take. Maybe they got the one take. So here it is. You see. So here yeah. he is right here. That's him, see? And then there he is. Yeah, sure. That's. I that's guess him. that's him. I'll give that to Richard. Yeah. Rest in peace, Richard. You are Yeah, awesome. he's probably holding on as well. But yeah, that's him. Lift that. That's Richard Crenna up in the air there. Good it's for like him. Two of those guys in that scene are dead. It's Randy Rainey. Mark DeYoung is not around anymore as well. Oh, okay. He didn't live that. Uh, yeah, he, he died in the 90s. Is Randy still alive? Probably. His heart didn't explode yet? You never know with these guys. But Randy Rainey on IMDb is only credited. Uh, he was in uh, Over the Top with Stallone. He was Mad, Mad Dog. Mad Dog. He was Mad Dog. That's how Stallone knew him. <laughs> right, that makes sense. Say what you want about Sly, because I know you do. He's loyal. When he likes a guy, he hangs out with him for a couple of years. Yeah, and that's great. And I think that's actually kind of cool. Like, if you go through the Sly films, I only discovered this by doing the Rocky Ramble podcast, is that you start to realize some of the recurring actors and characters and, and oh, behind he, the scenes. He's still around, are... by the way. He's a personal trainer now. Oh, good for him. His, his heart's still going. Good. I get a little oh, bit God. worried about some of these guys with their hearts and stuff. Powerlifters are more athletic and healthy, but the, the strong men, nah, not so yeah. much. Well! Oh yeah, definitely. We could have kept going. That was definitely. <laughs> I knew you were lying. I knew you were lying. Here we go. Where are they? Where? Now, where hmm. are the missiles located? Close. How close? In your ass. In reality. <laughs> A trained operative like this would never do that. Long enough. Troutman is a special forces guy. He's a trained operative. He's a full bird and, colonel. He's high up there. And his and he trained people to deal with situations like these. And the the deal with this is you hold on for as long as possible by not providing information. So he would just you know use the attention he just got by just giving him a bullshit. By Sorry. saying, well, you know, I'll give you the locations and I'll, uh, I'll help you look. And, you know, so he can get out of that torturous situation. So he won't die. That's your main mission is just 
get another minute, get another breath of yeah, air. This is trout. He's, he's, he trained Rambo to ignore pain, to, to eat things that would make a Billy go puke. So he can handle this torture. He trained, he trained the best. God didn't make Rambo. Troutman didn't. Yes, that's the alternate reality of the Rambo movies where they train uh, special forces to behave like non-special forces. Special forces are specialized in subterfuge. That's oh. the whole point. So Operate in the dark. So not be your, noticed. So telling your captor the missiles are in your butt probably isn't the best tactic? Well, it sounds really cool. <laughs> and that's the problem with this movie. It wants sure. to be cool. Sure. <laughs> Remember cool. when we did Commando for the Arnold show? Oh, yeah, we did that one together, too. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. Now, remember when I said, when we were talking about Commando and about what the effect of Commando was on the American movie industry, because they tend to copy what works and what's successful, that the Rambo movies changed because of Commando. Commando was a knockoff, a, a, a first blood to knockoff. Mm. It was basically, hey, another studio saying, hey, we can cash in on this Rambo thing. Right. So they took Arnold, gave him a script, and made Commando, which was, you know, it was fun. But it was actually, well, critically acclaimed because people said, see, this is what you should do. You need to have the right balance between violence and comedy. You can do violence, but it has to be with funny haha. So that's what Commando did. I encourage people to listen to that episode because we really get into it and Ryan gets a little upset. It's so much oh, fun. Oh, stop it. Get Remember? upset. I didn't get upset. <laughs> that was so Commando changed the Rambo movies. And this is where you see that, where you create comedy in a situation where you should have tension. This should be, the Rambo movies Fair. are serious yeah. as a heart attack. And this should be serious. Troutman should be in mortal, absolute mortal danger. But you don't feel it because he's confident enough to be quippy. You know, it's a great argument. Look, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong regarding the humor in Rambo 3. It is probably the thing that maybe it loses points. That's the point loss mm -hmm. system. Like, we mm -hmm. talked about the cinematography and it looks good and the Sly looks good and the action beats that are in this film are actually good action beats. The action is good action. But mm -hmm. I agree. I think had they held on to the tension that even First Blood Part 2 had was that tension. Because remember when Rambo's getting tortured in that scene uh, mm -hmm. in Rambo Part 2 when he's getting electrocuted and he's holding the microphone and that was tension. That's why when he explodes out of that sequence, it's so thrilling because he was in danger. He was... You know, the POW was going to get his eyes poked out with the knife. and mm -hmm. There were stakes there. Yes. There aren't any stakes here. I don't think Trauma's going to get killed. I don't think he's in danger. I think he's going to get saved by Rambo. And and then there's the sequence we talked about in the previous episode where, you know, what does this do? It turns blue. I mean, there's there's too much of that. And there was never that before. So Rambo 3 is the yeah, comedy Rambo, Rambo. doesn't behave like Rambo. Right. Because in First Blood 2, he's also deadpan. Right? He's like, well, you know. I always believed that mine was the best weapon. It wasn't funny what he said. No. It was just a conversation killer. I don't want to con continue this line of questioning. Now you I'm can shut up, okay? Because I'm superior to this. That's basically what he said. Just like when he's in the, in the car with the sheriff. Is there any problem with me getting something here? Right? Yeah. That's just basically deadpan. It's like, yes, he's sort of funny, but not really. And in Rambo 3, Eddie Murphy could have played this part. Because yeah. it's all about the jokes now. Sign of the Times, too. It's 80s, it's late same. 80s. That's a shame. Arnold ruined that. Commando was a response to Part 2. Then if Rambo 3 is a response to Commando, then fair enough. Yeah, that's your chain of events. And again, don't forget, it's studio. It's not Sly or Arnold doing this, per se, so much as the studios and their push, what the audience, yes. what the audience are buying is, tickets for. And 
this is also the rivalry. We are sure, mid sure, sure. Yeah. Arnold Stallone rivalry. I keep playing that up, but it's a fact. In the eighties, that oh, was you know, a they serious said it was. They, you know, they, you know, they've spoken to it. It was it's not a mystery. Arnold and Stallone were butting heads, and they were butting heads in their own movies. It's a fun piece of movie history, which we'll probably never see that again. We'll never see two big stars who are peak stars, kind of like publicly going at it, so to speak. It would be like DC referencing Marvel, Marvel stuff in a but, DC movie, and vice versa. But it that would even happen. be more plausible. But that would be happen. Fun. It would be fun, but to have two actual real actors, not fake characters doing this, if that makes sense. Yeah, because after this, Twins comes out, and Arnold, as one of as the twin, walks past a Rambo 3 poster, right. looks at Rambo's arms, feels his own biceps, his 23-inch sure. Arnold biceps, and laughs and keeps walking well, on. Yeah, okay. And that's, that's Arnold getting back at Stallone again. Sure. Oh, it's fun and to then, watch now. And then, of course, there's Tango the- and Cash. And Stallone goes, oh... I loved you in Conan the Barbarian, talking to some inmate who sort of looks sort of like Arnold, you yeah, know? Right. And then he grabs his butt, grabs him by the back of the head and rams his nose into the bars. Right. And that's his little nod to do that. And to they Arnold keep going thing. with that stuff. It's fun to watch. And I've said it before, I love Arnold. I, I've enjoyed both. I was, when I was a teenager in these days, True yeah. Lies and Terminator 2. And those 2. were the days we were living in. And this yeah, was I Peak Stallone yeah. in Peak Stallone shape. And he was amazing. And here we got Rambo 3. And we were waiting for it to be better than the other two. Sure. And we got this. Chalkman yeah. talking about what's, what's up the Russian's ass. Fair enough. Well, thanks for that. Well, here's some tension See, that here. would be my rege- That would be my response. I tried to be civil. So he's put a gun under his chin, is what we're seeing here. Yeah. Naval okay. shirt. So now we've got a sequence <laughs> here. Yeah, we got a sequence here of a Russian uh, soldier bringing in the guy that was at the shop. We mentioned this before. This guy at the shop was watching uh, Ram- the Ramble character talk to Musa, and yeah. now he's come here to. He's a traitor, sort of, so to speak, to his people. He's telling the. Uh, oh, he's Russian- Pakistani. Oh, is that what it is? Because that was in Pakistan. Oh. So that's a different tribe. So what does he care? Well, money. Money. Yeah, of course. He'll get paid for information. Sure, and this happens him. all the time. <laughs> Businessman. Good for him. He's speaking Pashto. It's Pashto. Yes. So he mentions John Rambo and... Language in Pakistan. Okay. The name John Rambo. Do you know it? The name John Rambo, do you know it? No. And he lets on that he yeah. knows it. He says there are plans for a rescue attempt with the help of some rebels. He also says he knows where this man is going. We will welcome him. Like watching the cartoon. Oh, that definitely is trying up there being pulled, yeah. Right, the intel's right. There is a plan to rescue Troutman. What I love is there's a bit of Troutman's like, all right, Ramble's coming. You know, there's mm-hmm. hope. There's hope because he he probably feels like he's going to be dead anyway. So why not the quip? That's my argument back to you is why not the quip? I'm stuck okay. in this. You know, I, I'm going to be dead anyways. Maybe maybe they will just kill me because the torture and, and the starvation, all that stuff. It's kind of like, not that he wants to die, but... He's not running out of this building. He's, and so now I will he, concede. Fair play. Yeah. So now Ramble's coming. Now he's quiet. He hears Ramble's coming. Now he keeps his mouth shut. Now he's buying Rambo time. The horses are now carrying our two men out of the caves. They're in the open Packed air. Packed with blue crates, just like he has blue lights. It's That's a right. theme. 
It's the thing, blue crates carrying the blue lights. It's the last village in the valley. About 100 men here. There's a lot of kids here. Yes. But they are good fighters too. I tell the leaders we want to talk. I didn't know it was called Pashto. I never see men look like you. So Rabbles, yeah, so he's coming to the village with about 100 men. There's children there too, and they're fighters. Of course, that's this is speaking to the Western audiences. And it is very jarring for a Western audience to think that children fight. But this is obviously, unfortunately, obviously, war is unfortunate. But it's also, also more unfortunate in other countries in the world that it's common. For children to fight. There are more child soldiers now than there have ever been in history, especially now. Ukraine, Syria. Ukrainians uh, put their kids in the front line all the time. The Ukrainians have been putting children in the fight? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. This is also a nod, not a nod, but this is the film is speaking to Western audiences, of course. And they were speaking to me as a 13 year old. I'm watching this scene. What? Kids are my age are fighting? It would have blown my mind, you know, like. I'm not going to carry a weapon and fight at people. Like, only men do this. So it is showing this world to a Western audience. But I do love how Musa is telling Rambo, you know, they've never seen a white guy before. They've never seen an American up close. So they're all staring at you. But when he, the moment he says that, it shows the the one attractive woman in the village checking out Rambo. When he, when he, did you notice that? When Musa uh -huh. makes the reference, watch that, watch it again. He makes the reference. They never yeah, seen he's going like to get stoned for that one. They never see men look like you. <laughs> see. There you go. Yeah. Assuming that's a woman. We can't assume that. Yeah, I shouldn't assume that. My apologies. Her face was covered and she was wearing eyeliner, but... I... These are Mujahideen horsemen. There are 10,000 horsemen more waiting at the border. They are waiting to get weapons. When they'll get it, they come back here to fight. <laughs> Keep waiting. Oh, I hate that kid. He ruined the movie. Okay, so Siko, you're speaking about the child who's seen Rambo. He's cleaning the weapon, and he's hopped off his rock to to go uh, to go see this American who's uh, come to visit the village. Well, you got to keep in mind that not a lot happens in this village. They don't have any they don't have any gaming systems or the internet or books to read. They only have weapons to clean. So th this is a uh, this is entertainment for them, right? Sure. Okay, so the boys hopped off the rock to go get a closer look at the American who's come in. Yeah, he's probably looking him over for stuff he can steal and beg from him. Let's go to the hospital. He's the only doctor for 500 kilometers. The first medicine they get in two months. They said that there's only 100 people here, but this place is set up to accommodate a lot more than 100 people yes but the, it's for the 10,000 guys waiting for guns on the other end of the border okay right so we got a guy there missing a leg looks like he's missing a leg in real life there's no cgi then yeah it looks pretty good yeah yeah but this movie has great production quality yeah i mean look we got the amputee i mean legs. i'm not even saying that facetiously i mean it no this i know look, you are it looks absolutely great Siko, you've been on very good behavior this episode you've been on very good thank behavior. you i'm proud of you thank you well, you know, you've been shunning me for two seasons, oh my gosh, so now that I'm finally getting on the Rambo podcast, it, it better be it? like, you know, on my best behavior. I do try to get hosts outside of the network to spread the wealth and love of, uh, to get people on the network. You know, we want to we want to share the network with other listeners. That's why I get other podcasts on here. Okay, stop it. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Would you, shunning you. Okay. We know who doesn't like me on the network. Okay. <laughs>
uh, we got prosthetic legs, crutches. I love how they're all displayed like that, though. They're all spread out, hanging up. Like they're almost like they're hanging on the clothesline, drying. <laughs> I don't know why they're all. Yeah, like this is that. no, but this is the geriatrics department where they're fitting them like with artificial limbs and stuff. Well, why are they hanging them like that? Wouldn't you just have them in a pile somewhere? You wouldn't have to hang them. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. So they won't, won't get like sand she- in them, shit on them, or something. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so we're so basically what we're getting here is we're getting a whole history geography lesson here we're again both for the ramble character but also for the audience to see what we get some nice exposition exposition that's the word thank you yes where the audience us and ramble are both equally being told this is the setup this is how we do things this is the hospital this is the closest medicine they haven't had medicine in two months we have soldiers who go out to get weapons they come back here this is like a reset this is like a spawning station for the soldiers Mm mm-hmm okay here we go, the toys. How but, do you uh, fight child soldiers that way? There's stuff on the table that Rambo touches. They are toy-looking things, dolls and what have you. He touches one, and now we're going to get yeah, we're gonna get the explanation here from Musa. More gifts from the Soviets. They look like toys, but they are mines. We teach the children not to touch. Some learn too late. I assume that was real? That happened? Of course it did. But hey, they are teaching their children to fight Russians. How do you fight your enemy? Well, apparently they have a predilection for toys. We'll give them toys. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Those kids will kill you. As soon as they hold an AK-47, they're an enemy. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, that's what this war is. And so it's so sad. You hear the violin music playing. Oh, it's so sad for these the poor Mujahideen people who are now oppressing women in their own country and have a slavery system. But hey, okay. Oh, there's uh, another white guy here. His yeah, name yeah. is Yuri. He's Russian. Yuri. Deserter. He calls himself a defector. There are many like him. He's the one who can help the most. He knows the inside yes, of the screw force. communism. I think we should go now. <laughs> I love how Rambo's like still unsure about this Yuri character. He sees him like, I don't know. He's Russian. If he's, well, he's killed enough Russians in First Blood 2 to know that he doesn't like them. That's right. They both give each other the stink eye. Uh-huh. So now we're at the meeting of the uh, the mines here. I love this village only has 100 people, but the, the council has like 30. <laughs> That's realistic. I guess if I was in the production, I would have said maybe the village has 200 people. It's just the ratio seems high. That's all. But it, I don't know why I'm stuck on the 100. But anyways. Have you seen the documentary Restrepo? No, I have not. You should. And I recommend, this is like mandatory watching. If you if you watch Rambo 3, you should watch that as well. Uh, Restrepo is about the American army in, I think it was Helmand province, trying to peacekeep, trying to not just placate, but somehow help the locals so oh, wow. they wouldn't take up arms against them. Yeah. You'd see like the major talking to the village elders. And there would be guys with guns there, and it would be like a really dangerous situation. And that would be a scene just like this. A tea uh, ceremony. Yeah, this was a uh, 2010 documentary available in Canada on Apple TV. All right, thank you. It's excellent. So they're all talking, they're arguing. Uh, Yuri's about to talk, looks Mine like. Mine starts here, at one meter like this, then go two meter like this, and like this. They have four towers, four guards. Here, 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 and here. Where do they keep the prisoners? Here. If we get in there, 
Is there another way out? Underground, where is all the bad water. I do not know words for this place. Okay, so that's Yuri speaking. Nurse, he's got uh, rocks to make it look like the fort. Uh, of course, a mini map model of the uh, of the base that the Russians are in, mm -hmm. and he's shown where the guards are located, the entrance into the base, and uh, of course, Rambles like where do they keep the prisoners because I have to get my guy out of there. And if we're, and if I get the guy, how do I get out? And he's like, well, you can go underground where the water is, and it's really crappy under there. And he says, I don't have the words for this. So he's, I guess he's thinking sewer. Well, this is a great sit rep, isn't it? So you just use what's around you, pine cones, branches, rocks, figures for the uh, for your mission. And you brief your team as to what you're going to do to go in and go out. Uh, yeah, it's like the command brief before you do your mission. Now, Yuri, the actor that plays Yuri, do you know who he is? You seem to know everyone. No here. idea. Okay. Now, it sounds like his accent is pretty legit. Mm -hmm. He sounds Russian to me. He sounds very Russian. Yeah, you would know that. Why don't you tell the listeners where you're from? Well, I'm Dutch, actually. There you go. Do you know more about Russians than I do because you're Ukrainian by origin? Well, I'm, I'm Ukrainian by birth, uh, quarter blood, but uh, I'm not a very good Ukrainian, I guess. I don't speak any of the language. Yeah, she didn't rush off to the Ukraine to defend the country. Why is I that? I know. Terrible, I'm right? a terrible person. Yeah, so obviously. Uh, his name, though, is Shabby Ben Aurora. So basically he's an Israeli actor. Yes, because this is shot in Israel, so they used Israeli actors. Okay. Which makes perfect sense. Another way out. Underground, where is all the bad water? I do not know words for this place. He means sewer. Where is it? Here, outside it goes. The sewer's there. right in the middle. Guards patrol there. I do not think you go this way. Great place for the train. goes to the minefields. I'd never expected. This cannot be done. In there are many Spetsnaz commandos. We are only this. We have lost many men. We lose more men if we go there. I don't need many men. What is it you want to do? I need two men to get me to the minefield and two to help us escape. If this is done, Soviet will come here like before and more people will die. So Rambo is interesting. We, we He said before that he was going to go in alone. Remember? He told that mm -hmm. to Musa. Now he's saying he does need sure. four men. Two men to get in, two men to get out. So now he recognizes, you know, to Rambo's credit as bravado as he is about things now he's like mm, i do need some help mm -hmm. i need some men in and out so he is trying to use just as little men as possible he recognizes the sacrifice these guys are going to make he recognizes his ask is big that he's still sure. asking for their help and of course they're well, he's an expert at guerrilla warfare right he also recognizes too like hey uh, or sort of the people are saying, look, if we go in there and rattle the hornet's nest, they're going to come really get us. You know, we're going to expose ourselves here in the, in the situation. Yeah, of and course, it's a hospital for crying out loud. Unbeknownst to the no, probably The Russians probably know about it. They just leave it alone for obvious reasons. Like, okay, they're not doing anything there. They're not hostile. It's right. just a hospital. It's just women and kids and old men. Forget right. about it. Waste of ordinance. Right. Yeah, Russians have never bombed a hospital before, have they? Everybody's bombed a hospital. I know. Can't it has wait. a big red cross on it. It's great wait. for aiming. Oh, jeez. For help the way we wait. Then I'll go alone. And you will die. And I die. See, there you go. That's the tension we like. This is good. Yeah. He's saying, look, I'll go alone. If you guys want to help me, I'm going to, like, it's my friend. It's my father figure. He's caught. I'm going on. Like, I've got nothing to lose. I don't care. I'm Rambo. And he's like, if you want to help me, great. If not, I'll go alone. And they're like, you'll die if you go alone. And it goes, yeah, this, this is I'll kind die. of the Western part. This feels like a Western. Sure. Of course, the boy that we saw earlier, he's been watching this whole thing. He's just fascinated by this Rambo character. 
I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. There you go. Look at that little boy. He's just he needs a father. I bet you his I bet you I bet you his dad is dead. I bet you that gets revealed. Please don't go. Now, who's this actor again? That's Spiros Focus, I think. Again. And he sort of looks like Omar Sharif. That's how I. He does. Really think he, that's what I mean. He looks like uh, what was that Lawrence of Arabia? Wasn't that he was in that? Or yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah. In he does Lawrence look like Arabia. Him. Exactly. He has the same mustache and he has that wide, that nice chin and looks just like him. What films was he in? So he's still alive. Some of his selected. Uh, let's see. Something that our listeners might know him from. Let's see. Um, I, if I know it, they would know. Is all I'm saying. So let's see here. Mm-hmm. It was in the Jewel of the Nile. Yep. You, you knew that, okay, because you covered I, that. Yeah, I knew. I didn't, I, that's why I didn't say it. I was like, oh, waiting okay. for to bring it up. Yeah, we, that, I covered that with Katie. That's right. So he was in Jewel of the Nile, but the rest of his uh, filmography is in foreign languages. And so he's been active in his career, but uh, his last English film was basically Ramble 3. So oh, well, he went back go. to his, his uh, home nation of acting. So good for him, but there you go. He probably went back back into TV and did soap sure, operas and sure. stuff like that. Yeah. His last acting credit was in 2018, so he's probably retired by now at this age and stage in his life. And I die. Doesn't Stallone look great here? Yeah, it is great. Wait. Please don't go. My name is Basud. He's very commanding. You must not judge us before you understand why we are not ready to help. Most of the Afghan people are very strong, and we are determined not to be driven from our land. Our children die of disease, mines, and poison gas. And the women are raped and killed. Last year in the valley of Legman, the next valley, 6,000 Afghans were killed. Pregnant women were cut with bayonets and their babies thrown into the fires. This is done so they will not have to fight the next generation of Afghans. Yet nobody sees anything or reads anything in the papers. What you see here are the Mujahideen soldiers, holy warriors. This is vintage Stallone. He admires these people. He made this movie to celebrate what great warriors they are and their suffering. That's why he made this movie. He really wanted to make a point with this. He did the same thing in Rambo 4. He wanted to use the Rambo franchise and call attention to the conflict in Burma uh, and how... Those people were treated, and from the perspective of these missionaries in Rambo 4, you'll see in the next... Because this is a theme. This is typically Stallone. Right. Stallone is, in, in many ways, an activist. First Blood 2 was all about calling attention to the suffering of not just the soldiers returning, but also uh, the men who were kept prisoner in Vietnam. Well, uh, he has strong beliefs about that. Yeah, and You can't fault him for that. Like Unlike Commando, let's say, there's no message in Commando, right? It's a, it's a it's a father daughter movie, sure, but you uh, as, as you light. put in Commando, a very suspect father daughter movie because well, Alisa yeah. Milano and Arnold were well, kind of little too frolicky in that pool, weren't they? Oh, daddy, put me down, put me down. Are the Mujahideen soldiers holy warriors? To us, this war is a holy war, and there is no true death for the Mujahideen because we have taken our last rights, and we consider ourselves dead already. To us, death for our land and God is an honor. So, my friend, what we must do is to stop this killing of our women and children. If getting this man free so he can return to the free world and tell what happens here is necessary, then of course we will help. Leave us now so we may speak among ourselves and find the best way to free this man. 
Thank you. We thank you. So very interesting here because Rambo is like, I'll go alone, I'll fight alone. And this very wise leader is like, whoa, whoa, whoa we get it, your, your passion. Okay, however, our story is we actually will help you and we will die help. Us dying is not an issue because he, he explains we are already dead. We've given our last rights already. We're dead soldiers as it is. Dying is not the problem for us. However, if we are to sacrifice more lives because by freeing this top leader brings to light our plight in this land... We'll help you get this guy out so he can return. I love how he says he can return to the free world. Uh, that's very telling that these people see the outside world as the free world. They what think of their country as God's country. This is the country of Allah. This is the country that should be the country of peace. They consider themselves the chosen race. But for, do they see uh, themselves Islam. as a free people? I mean, they're under attack. You just heard the whole thing. Like, you know, women are raped, mm -hmm. killed. Babies are cut out of stomachs, thrown yes, into the, fires. The, the godless Russians must be right. murdered. The last man. I understand this. The Americanization writing, to, to some degree, you know, the American is yeah. the free world. The free there was world no is... clear understanding of what jihad was. Right. These were jihadis. And they're, they're explaining it. It's like, hey, we will fight to the death to kill these infidel. Allah Akbar. That's, right. that's what you're seeing oh, here. Geez. But Our, you're seeing it in a romanticized American version. And this man, Ahmad Shah Massoud, was an actual historical figure who actually led the Mujahideen during the Afghan uh, war against Russia. And uh, he was a politician in the in inter years. And the Taliban took over by killing him. Perfect place to stop, both in the time of a mm -hmm. recording and the sequence of events. So, how did you think you did your first time on the Rambo podcast? It's a long road. How did you do? How was your time here? Would you would you say it was good or bad? Oh, it was great. Okay. The reason was I get to get get to have the good scene, not the one that comes right after this. To Don't suffer the child actor. That makes me so grateful that you stop here. Oh, I good. feel reprieved. Intense relief is washing over me. The kid can act. How dare you? And he's annoying. And How he's written you. in an annoying way. Child actors? I mean, come on. They're always fantastic. What are you talking about? Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Well, so you know, this wasn't exactly Macaulay Culkin, was it? No. No, they should have got him for this. He was about that right age, wasn't he? Yeah. Put a little tanny makeup on his face, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Culkin and... Sure. Sure. As we close here, Seiko, uh, let everyone know where they can find you and what shows you are on. Yes, all my shows. Okay. Yeah. So everybody, th thank you so much for uh, suffering my... Uh, I won't say anti-Stallone, but no, Stallone you critical were, stop it. point you of were, view. No, you were fine. You, you've listened to this show. You listen to me. Don't you, don't you listen to my Rocky and Ramble podcast? No, I'm actually a big Stallone fan. But don't you listen to my shows is what I'm getting at. Of course I do. Okay, well. All of them. Have I not been critical when critical is needed? I'm always critical when critical is needed. Absolutely. Even during this. Oh, in much the same way that I'm critical of Mel Gibson. Of course. Of course. You have to be. But so that's actually no one of the shows you could catch. The new season of the Mel Gibson podcast is now unleashed. We yes. have uh, started with our first ever episode of season two. Yep. It's Bird on a Wire with Katie Geilenkirchen. And you failed so to mention it was actually filmed in my hometown as well, Victoria, what, British Columbia. We, uh, oh, you should listen to the episode. I, no, I, I did. Actually, we, you said We Vancouver. actually give you a shout out. I know I know that, but I mean, it's actually Victoria as well. It was a big It was a big deal when I was a kid when that was filmed in Victoria because Mel Gibson was in town and of course I knew who he was. Like, oh, he's here. He's somewhere near where I live. It was filmed in Vancouver as well, but it was also, I think the motorcycle scene or the scene where they're running down the sidewalk that was filmed in Chinatown, Victoria, British Columbia. There were scenes in Vancouver, but also Victoria. And then we were very excited. So about. is the Chinatown in Vancouver or is it There's, somewhere they else? They have Chinatowns in both. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. 
Thank you. And then, of course, I, I recently guested on the Van Dammit podcast on Nowhere to Run, which was a, a lot of fun to do. And I recently unleashed Spies Like Us with Jack from Drunk Bond. We did it drunk, as is our ritual, as is our chosen way of life. I think a really fun episode. It was a good episode. Yeah. And then, of course, in the future, somewhere in the future, whenever Ryan will get around to actually editing it, uh, we have Red Dawn Red Dawn's coming. coming. No, it, it's coming. It's coming. It, it's it's ah, in the can, but it will, it'll be yeah, out it's sooner a fun, later. It's a really fun episode. We really yeah. enjoyed watching it, and we enjoyed talking about it even more than that. And, of course, Arnold will be unleashed this summer again, and Game Changers will also soon be upon us. If I can rope Virginie into doing another episode with me soon, she's busy, so... Sure. Well, you got busy a lot of act- stuff on the go. Actors. All these episodes that Seiko's talking about basically are found on the last of the Action Heroes Podcast Network. So, again, if you're listening to the Ramble and the standalone feed or seeing this on YouTube, check out the network and all these other shows that are on the network. Uh, literally, if you're an action film buff, there's a plethora of action film podcasts on that network last of the Action Heroes Podcast Network. Okay. All right, Seiko, thank you again so much for coming on, especially coming on for short notice. You knocked it out of the park. It's almost like you were prepared, but you weren't. Can you imagine how good you would be if you were prepared? But with that, the podcast is over. Nothing is over. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. Mm-hmm.